0: Disclaimer. South Park is the property of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. All opinions voiced are our own and not theirs. The following program contains educational course language and due to its hilariously inappropriate content should not be listened to by anyone.
1: and welcome to our fourth episode.
0: My name is Amanda and I'm Sophie. We're so excited to be bringing you a South Park podcast that dives into the complex social constructs and issues that South Park plays off. We hope you leave today thinking, I learned something today and had a chuckle.
1: Each episode, Sophie and I will take a topic from the episode or two as some are chock full of topics and relate South Park to the real world. Fun fact, George Clooney was a vocal South Park fan. He was largely responsible for generating news about The Spirit of Christmas, a 1995 animated short by Parker and Stone that served as the precursor to South Park. He thought it was so funny, he apparently made 300 VHS copies of the tape and gave it to all his Hollywood pals wouldn't that be so cool just to have hollywood pals also oh my goodness like we know what vhs is let us know do you guys know what a vhs is i cannot tell you what it stands for but i remember most of my childhood having to wait for the damn thing to rewind so i could watch it
0: i don't know what it is either
1: home Mm -hmm. something probably if i had to guess i'd say video home system yeah that makes sense that would be like my guess yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Um, One of these tapes found its, <laughs> found its way into the hands of Comedy Central's executive, Doug Herzog. Hey, Doug. <laughs> Who thought it was hilarious and gave Trey and Matt the green light to turn the spirit of Christmas into a TV series. And the rest has since become history. Thank you. And we will cover the spirit of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Probably closer to Christmas. Mm-hmm. To show gratitude, George Clooney was cast in episode 4, Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride. Say that four times fast as
0: Sparky, Stan's gay dog, where all he does is bark. This episode touches on misconceptions of the LGBTQ2S plus community. Pausing as we're going to be including 2S in our acronym today, which stands for 2SPIRIT. In North America, two-spirit is used by the indigenous peoples to describe their gender, sexual, and spiritual identity as an umbrella term. Two-spirit people have both a male and female spirit within them and are blessed by their creator to see life through the eyes of both genders. Two-spirit people held significant roles and were integral part of a tribal social structure. Many held important roles within their tribes, such as chiefs, medicine people, caregivers, protectors, and knowledge keepers. Unfortunately, Canada has a dark history. It's not all Timmies and maple syrup. Colonization and residential schools established gender norms and systematically eradicated any and all teachings and culture through the Catholic Church missionaries, terrible conditions for children, and with any pushback about it being beaten out of you. There are over 6,000 documented deaths there are many more that were not documented, of residential school students as a result of their school experience. The last residential school closed in 1996, a year before this episode came out.
1: So to recap episode four, Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride, we find Stan and his new gay dog running away and finding the town's most flamboyant gayest man, Big Gay Al. South Park cows lose a football game, the football team, not the actual Calves that have been featured in previous episodes, (laughs) against a rival team as Jimbo and Ned fail to sabotage the game.
0: By the song, (laughs) Oh, yes, 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 yes. Loving you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So Amanda and I cringe at this episode so much because of the misconceptions of the LGBTQ2S plus community and the encouragement of tolerance. Tolerance being defined as the ability or willingness to tolerate something that one does not necessarily agree with. If you can hear or say the word tolerance without cringing, <laughs> these are still opinions and misconceptions that are around today. And the creators of South Park satirize people's reactions to open up the conversation. It's kind of ironic, too, because we came up with the idea of a South Park podcast on the way back from a sexual health forum that focused on LGBTQ2S in healthcare. It was a fantastic forum that focused on why small things like pronouns and inclusive medical forms are important. One presenter told her story of how she had to out herself to her family doctor because the doctor would not stop pushing birth control on her. Are you sexually active?
1: Yes. Well, you need to be under birth control. Well... No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. That can make for an awkward conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. So, as we were driving back, we were discussing important world issues and how South Park seemed to have an episode for all of them. And the podcast was born. Ba-dum-bum. This episode also made us chuckle because of the phrase homosexuality. And at the forum, they mentioned terminology and how saying homosexuality makes people sound like I'm a doctor in the 50s. <laughs> Also queer, it used to be a derogatory term. However, many people are identifying as queer and taking back the word. Note, do not call a person queer just because they are part of the LGBTQ2S plus community. I know it sounds obvious, but it's kind of like how women are taking back the word bitch or slut. And I'm like, yes, let's go girls. But if someone calls me that, even as a way to empower me, I'm probably going to cry because I'm not comfortable with that. It's
1: something that people do when you know someone and you're friends and they know that you feel comfortable with
0: that. If not, just be safe. Stick with another term. Like, hey, friend. Cartoons, when used in a structured setting, can be a useful teaching tool in helping students understand stereotypes and discrimination. Cartoons engage students and reflect pop culture, which often makes the good examples of stereotypes. Stereotypes are popular beliefs students hold on to about their social world and often lead to discrimination. Educators often focus on minor stereotypes, however, to the detriment of helping students overcome stereotypes with more dire social and political consequences. Finally, cartoons provide elements of humor and relief to potentially touchy subjects. Now, Big Gay Al displays several exaggerated gay stereotypes, including his flamboyant wardrobe, which includes an ascot tie, always think of Fred from Scooby-Doo, and his lisping voice. But is there any reality to the stereotype of the gay voice? Now, these are the questions in a new documentary, Do I Sound Gay?, It's a fascinating film in which the filmmaker David Thorpe uses his feelings about his voice to look at attitudes towards homosexuality. It raises a complicated discussion about gay pride, lingering homophobia, disguised misogyny, and the extent to which we all alter the image that we present to the world. In a study published in 2003, Ron Smythe, a linguist, at the University of Toronto, found that participants readily separated recordings of 25 diverse voices into those who sounded gay and those who sounded straight. People picked up on the features of the gay stereotype. Voices that were higher and more melody were often labeled gay. The problem was that these labels had little relationship with sexuality. It turns out that most people perceive as a stereotypical gay voice is just a male voice that sounds more stereotypically feminine, mainly higher and with that melody. And that often has more to do with the voices that a person identified with as they grew up, rather than sexuality. They might have been raised by women, or just gravitate towards women, role models, or friends. But that doesn't mean that they are gay. Okay guys, so now let's dive into a little bit of the psychological
1: history behind LGBTQ2S plus community. Uh, So for those of you who don't know, there is actually a medical manual out there created by the American Psychology Association, APA, um, called the DSM, which stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Uh, So in the first three issues of the DSM, we are currently on the DSM-5, homosexuality was actually classified as a form of paraphilia. And for those of you who don't know, that means sexual perversion. Unfortunate, right? Uh, So it was actually classified as a mental disorder under these criteria up until 1973 when the APA finally removed homosexuality. But before that, In the seventh printing of the DSM II, it was changed to sexual orientation disturbance. So this change was due to the Stonewall riots that took place in 1969. For those of you who do not know much about the Stonewall riots, I will go into a little bit of history. But a really good way to learn more is to actually check out a show called Drunk History.
0: Mm. It is
1: fantastic. Uh, They take historical events. They get famous actors drunk and they make them describe what happened. And then they have other actors reenact that scene based on the drunk retelling of this one actor. It's amazing, highly recommend. Uh, they actually have an entire episode dedicated to Pride in which it goes over specific stories for the LGBTQ2S community. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> um, and one of them that they really heavily cover is the Stonewall riots. So in the early 1950s, 1960s in the United States, To be homosexual was to be illegal, basically. Um, Expressing that part of yourself was not allowed whatsoever, whether that be through your relations, through who you hung out with at the late evenings of night, what kind of clothes you wore, if you wore makeup, how you identified, how you presented yourself. So basically to be a man in female's clothing or makeup was illegal and you could be either charged and or physically Corrected is a, the best way I can think of it. In other words, violence by a systemic system that punished anyone who wasn't the stereotypical contributor to the economy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, the Stonewall riots um, happened in New York. It happened at the Stonewall Inn, in which uh, police had raided the event that a bunch of gay men were hanging out with and just being themselves and feeling safe heaven forbid, people have safe spaces. And that night, for whatever reason, they decided that was enough. They were not gonna take that treatment anymore and they took to the streets and they rioted because they didn't feel that being treated this way was effective with human rights or human decency or anything. And of course, they were right. And because of that, we actually saw change starting to enact, not just socially, but also psychologically, medically, as we saw in the DSM-5. Uh, So unfortunately in the DSM-III we still do see homosexuality in, like listed as a mental disorder, but it's now slightly changed to an ego-diagnostic homosexuality, which more focuses on the anxiety that people feel when their sexual orientation doesn't match what they think it should and feeling the desire to change based on what's happening in society. I'm very, very pleased to say, as I mentioned in 1973, a homosexuality was taken out of the DSM by the APA which is amazing and today unfortunately it's not where it should be in terms of people's rights and basically fair treatment not only within society but within uh, the working class within the health system within the social system
0: all of that it's not equal yet we've come so far but we still have far to go mm-hmm. and it's interesting you were saying about the stonewall riots and how that was changing in america we're very lucky to live here in canada because it has been considered one of the safest places to come and visit or to live in for a member of the lgbtq2s plus community I mean, we're not perfect, as we did kind of say at the beginning of this episode, but uh, legally, civil gay marriages could be done in 2006, which was nine years after this episode came out.
1: Yeah, so prior to that, even Canadians who identified as gay couldn't marry their partners in Canada until 2006. Let
0: that sink in. In this episode, Stan is concerned because his dog Sparky is humping other male dogs. Animals have been observed engaging in same-sex mating for decades. Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection implies the genes have to get passed down onto the next generation or they'll die out. It was assumed that animals' main focus was to mate for reproduction. However, some species mate for other reasons such as pleasure. Here's some examples of species whose same-sex mate. So, there are the Laysan albatrosses in Hawaii. We're going back to Hawaii again, so I'm <laughs> sorry if I mispronounce anything. But among these huge birds, pairs are usually married for life. It takes two parents working together to rear a chick successfully, and doing so repeatedly means that the parents can hone their skills together. But in one population on the island of Oahu, Oahu, 31% of the pairings are made up of two unrelated females. The Oahu population has a surplus of females as a result of immigration, so some females cannot find males to pair with. Studies of other birds suggest that same-sex coupling is a result to a shortage of males and is much rarer if the sex ratio is equal. The chicks are often fathered by males that that are already in another committed relationship. So, birds cheating on each other. Sidebird. Side bur- Side chick! Holy shit! That's amazing! <laughs> Maybe that's where that came from! Maybe that's where Side that came from! Oh my god! <laughs> it makes sense for a female to pair up with another female, because if she did not, she might manage to mate, but would struggle to incubate her egg and find food. And once a female forms a pair bond, the species tend towards monogamy, meaning it becomes lifelong. There's even a subtle advantage for the females. The system means that they can get their eggs fertilized by the fittest male of the group and pass his de- desirable traits onto her offspring, even if he's already paired with another female. Bonobos are often described as our overly sexed relatives. They engage in an enormous amount of sex, so much so that it's often referred to as bonobo handshake, and that includes sex among among both males and females. But bonobo sex also plays a deeper role. It cements social bonds. Bonobos may use sex to bond with more dominant group members, allowing them to climb the social ladder. Males that have had a fight sometimes perform genital-to-genital touching, known as penis fencing, as a way of reducing tension. More rarely, they also kiss, perform fellatio, and massage each other's genitals. Even the young comfort each other with hugs and sex. Bonobos show that sexual behavior can be more than just reproduction. The bonobos and the albatrosses might be best described as bisexual as they switch easily between same-sex and opposite-sex. Only two species have been observed showing a same-sex preference for life even when partners of the opposite sex are available. So, of course, one of them is humans, but this one I had no clue. If you could think of any animal that would prefer same sex, even when the other sex is available. What could you think of? Clownfish. Oh, well there is that, but that, we could bring that up on another day. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it's actually domestic sheep. So, in flocks of sheep, up to 8% of the males prefer other males, even when fertile females are around. And I did do a little bit of research into this, and there was a lot of science behind brains and neuro neurological stuff, but it's just interesting that domesticated sheep, they're not sure about wild sheep, but domesticated sheep, a lot of them would prefer, males would prefer other males. Um, but the last thing I wanted to add, um, just cause I find this really sweet, is that a fifth of all swans are gay. Like many birds, swans are monogamous and they stick with one partner for years. Many of them choose a same sex partner and they often start families together. Sometimes one swan in a male cop- couple will mate with a female and then drive her away once she's laid a clutch of eggs. In other cases, they adopt abandoned eggs. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Now, what we wanna do for each episode is provide you with a place to learn more, or maybe an organization to check out who you'd be able to volunteer for or donate to. If you're looking for an organization to support, check out your local Pride organization. Not only will they have fantastic education and resources, but they also raise money or offer programs for the community. Being an ally is so important, but remember to step back and let others hold the microphone. Support LGBTQ2S plus friendly businesses, or better yet, buy from ones that are owned by members of the community and normalize pronouns. If you're part of the community, know you're loved, and we hope our podcast can be a safe place for you.
1: Because you are who you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, Sophie and I have been coworkers for many years. That's how we... Started this lovely podcast, um, and we were explaining to another coworker of ours uh, about how why organizations exist in which LGBTQ2S plus youth can escape their home situations and have a safe space to go. So we were nonchalantly talking about this one day as just an unfortunate fact of life at the current moment, and our coworker piped in asking us what exactly we were talking
0: about because he had never heard of that. And it's so sweet because we explained that, be it religion, be it opinions, uh, sometimes parents will choose to basically kick out their child out of the house because of their preference. And we, we call him work dad because he's the sweetest guy in the world and he literally looked pained and he said, why on earth would a parent abandon their child for something they can't control, and for them being who they want to be.
1: The concept literally had never crossed his mind. Like You could just tell this man has nothing but love and support for his children, as all parents should. So we felt really bad having to break his heart that day and state that nope, not all people are willing to accept their child as they are, regardless of the fact that it's their child. They can't get over their small-minded views.
0: And I think, though, it has gotten a little bit better. I I would say when we were in high school, it was still, you didn't have very many people who felt comfortable coming out or being their true self. Um, but it's really nice now, us being in our, oh goodness, we're in our late 20s now. I was about to say early 20s, but... We're in mid-20s. Mid-20s. Let me hold on to that. <laughs> almost late 20s and it's just really nice to see everyone being who they are and just just flourishing it's really lovely Mm -hmm. and accepted
1: and celebrated within their communities like it's so beautiful
0: all right time to talk about our favorite part of the episode starting with you amanda what's your favorite part
1: well as per usual it's where kenny's killed and as we know in this episode he's simply trying to play football like can kenny not just live a normal
0: life and he gets his arms ripped off and completely ripped apart that team was like i don't know on steroids or something like they were just like vicious as hell
1: i mean hey that's high school football well Mm -hmm. we're just gonna leave that there
0: yeah (laughs) What was your favorite part, Sophie? Well, a great segue because I really like the part where they're in class with Mr. Garrison and Stan is not prepared and he basically makes something up on the spot and Mr. Garrison gives him like a really good grade. And Cartman's like, what the hell? And he's like, well, you know, he's the star footballer and like, you know, we got, we got to give the the sports teams like better grades and stuff, which is so relatable as someone who's into the arts but also too i would say the two parts with jesus jesus and pals wherein um stan calls him and he's like oh my goodness yes i've been wanting to tell everyone my true thoughts on this subject and then they cut him to advertisements (laughs) (laughs) and then the part because you forget in south park that jesus is a character But, of course, people are still, like, praying to him. And so it's the part where Jimbo is at the football game. And he's like, please, Jesus, let us win. And Jesus is, like, on the stands with him. And he's like, oh, my God, leave me alone. (laughs) And I feel like he totally would be like that Mm -hmm. if he was around today. Oh,
1: absolutely. Like, just people asking for the most silly stuff. It's like, you know there's world hunger, right? (laughs)
0: Like, we're just here to live. Mm -hmm. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We will be putting out episodes weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on
1: Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Two Female Prime Ministers. Reach out and let us
0: know what you liked, how we can improve, and share us with your friends. We hope you listened to our show today and thought, you know, I learned something today. Bye. Bye. Loving you. Bye. Bye.